Blog Talk Radio. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. 
So, yes, our guests from the Dwarfinators are on tour. They were recently in Washington. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to them. They were in Washington and Oregon just a couple of weeks ago. That was why we did not get Mr. Nice Guy the last time. His plane was late, so he was stuck in the air. Possibly that's what's going on now, but like I said, waiting to hear. Uh, he's a busy man. They tour all over the country, the Dwarfinators do. They do. And then uh, do you have the, the list of your schedule coming up? Uh, my schedule, let's see. I will be back at Northwest Pro on the 20th there at the Key Peninsula Civic Center in Vaughn. I will be headed to Las Vegas the following week. I will be going to Versus Pro Wrestling for the B-Boy Seminar on that Thursday. I'll be around for Dynamite that Wednesday and, of course, Double or Nothing that Sunday. Might pop up at another show or two. Nothing set in stone, but the possibility is there, so keep abreast of that situation. I might pop up at a couple different places on top of those while I'm in Las Vegas. Then for our shows next week, Coach, we have the brother of a Turnbuckle Turmoil Hall of Fame member coming to the show. We have Dave Sullivan next week. Right on. Okay, nice. Looking forward to that. Yes, he, of course, legendary here in the Pacific Northwest, got his start up here in the Northwest before going on to a lot of fame in Europe as well as coming back and rejoining his big brother, Kevin Sullivan, in WCW. Yes, I enjoyed that time in WCW. He had quite a run. He really did. Now, do you still sing his WCW theme song, I Want to Be a Hulkamaniac, every now and again? No, that one I haven't hit lately. Oh, that's too bad. Okay, the rest of the Turnbuckle Turmoil schedule. Let's see, we have coming up this coming Friday, we have the return of Jarvis Young. He was, at one point in time, the world's oldest rookie, started wrestling at the age of 50. And then the 19th, we are working on a guest. We have someone from Versus Pro Wrestling working on scheduling that, but nothing is set in stone, so I'll shy away from there. Also, in June, we are working on another guest to start that off, but he is still drawing the ink there, so I don't want to say too much at the moment, just in case the ink gets ruined. But we have a few big shows coming up as well. Also, we have a tag team out of Detroit coming up to wrap up the month on our Friday shows. So lots coming up. We're waiting on some ink to dry, but some big things look to be happening here in the next few weeks. Okay, nice. Yes, and I'm excited about my upcoming schedule for the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast, Saturdays at noon. Um, I have Moon noon Dog Manson. Pacific. Noon Pacific, of course. Uh, Moon Dog Manson, the 13th next week. Then Northwest Manager, Feel Good on the 20th. And uh, Aaron Bolo's biggest fans, John and Emily, on the 27th. And then on the 6th, we got Mean Mark, 
the chef on the 6th of June. And then I'm looking to, to uh, get Kenny Lush is supposed to be doing an extra show. Uh, I'm going to do two shows in one day before the end of the month. So I'm looking forward to that, too. Now, Kenny Lush, we're sure he didn't have a drinking problem? Yes, yes. Uh, he's, a, he's a celebrated rock star, so I would imagine uh, he tries to cool it on the drinking so he can perform his duties being a rock star and a wrestler. That's true. That takes a lot of effort. Sure does. And then there was a Signs of Times recently recorded, right? Yes, waiting on it to finish uploading. It should be out in the next few hours, but the upload is taking a bit of time, but I think people will be very pleased with it. Awesome. And did you have a special guest in that one? We had a couple of special guests. I won't disclose the undisclosed portion, but I can disclose we were joined by a very disclosed old Ken Hamlin and Tanya. Okay, right on. And what else is coming up? Well, also coming up um, later this summer, on the 29th of July, I will be going to World's Finest Wrestling for their very first ever women's title tournament. And then in August, there's a couple of big shows happening in Grays Harbor as Rogue Wrestling attractions make their way back to that area. They have a show coming up back at the convention center. And then also on the 18th, they will be at the Southwest Washington Fairgrounds. So two big shows in August for RWA. Nice. And then don't forget the Strawberry Fest, June 17th in Marysville. Yes. Strawberry Fest, June 17th, so that's going to be a big one, but our guest has made it, so Coach, let's bring him on right away. Mr. Nice Guy, are you with us? Yes, sir, I'm here. Well, Mr. Nice Guy, thank you very much for being here with us. We definitely appreciate it, and since it's your first time with us, I will start you off today with our first-timer question. What got you into this crazy business of professional wrestling? Honestly, I was actually a certified nursing assistant before I started this. And the seven to three, nine to five lifestyle was not working for me. Like I was not born to be that. <laughs> so I had a friend that was already a wrestler, and I saw him out here, and I uh, got him to introduce me to the uh, the owner of my company, and he got me out. He get after after that conversation. Two days later, I was out on the road. Very nice. Now uh, you are out of Mississippi, I understand, and Mississippi has a very long history in pro wrestling, dating back to the early days of the sport. Uh, it was part of the tri-state area that Leroy McGurk used to promote, and later Bill Watts. A lot of great yes, talent sir. came out of there. Do you look into the history of pro wrestling in Mississippi very much? I did a little because I remember growing up, my dad used to tell me that 
he used to go to uh, the the wrestling matches at the Coliseum down there, the the on the, where the state fairgrounds are. At. I haven't done too much, but I I am planning to do more research on it. It was a very very fun state there in the territorial days. It had a few different promotions pass through it. There was a Mississippi heavyweight title that was recognized by the Bill Watts era. So lots of fun history there in Mississippi. Yeah, I, I really do have to do my research on it because, like, Mississippi is my home state, and I truly love it because it made me who I am. Also, an interesting footnote in history, the Heroes of Wrestling pay-per-view that is universally called one of the worst pay-per-views of all time happened right there in Mississippi match. It's all Jake the Snake Roberts uh, sort of come out less than 100% ready to wrestle. Yes, sir. I I remember watching Jake the Snake growing up and I probably was probably a little bit too young to recognize that that fight, because I was born in 1989, so that was probably a little bit before my time. <laughs> probably a little bit, yeah. That was, I believe, 99. So yeah, yeah, that would have made you fairly young. Yeah, I was I was real deep in WWE then and WCW in 1999. Like uh, I remember my first like just what impacted me most was like NWO. And Sting. That was my first just record, like, who I can really remember just really getting into it. Now, you are one of the members of Dwarfinators, and they have been touring all over the country, including up here in our neck of the woods in the Northwest. Yes, sir. I know travel is something a lot of wrestlers really love to do. Some people get into the business specifically for the chance to travel. What do you think of all the traveling that you have to do as a professional wrestler? Um, it's a double-edged sword, really. It's a double-edged sword. Like, you see beautiful places, you meet wonderful people, but also it'd be some nights where if you have a show Wednesday in one, in one state, then you have to drive eight hours to be at the show the next day, and you're just bouncing in a bumpy truck or a bumpy old bus, and you just all beat up and sore, just don't make it no better. So it's it's a really a double-edged sword with that one. But I love it because I have I have been to some be- absolute beautiful places, and I also got to travel overseas doing this also. For the younger wrestlers that might be listening to this, do you have any? travel tips on things that you've learned over the years that would make traveling easier for someone just starting? Let's see. One things I do, I have a toiletry bag for my gear, for my gear bag. I have a toiletry bag for my personal. Because uh, some days you might need something out of the bag and, and, your, and, and the toiletry bag is all the way in your suitcase, in the truck. Like You don't want to go through the crowd. You don't want to be seen. Cause that's one that's like you gotta keep kayfabe, and you don't want to be seen before the show. So if you have an emergency, like some scissors, keep scissors, keep alcohol pads, Vaseline, lotion, every, like keep that in a separate 
toiletry bags just for your gear. Keep a bottle of water, you know. Uh, also, like, you might, if you want some personal time, because with me, we wrestle three to six times a week, and there are between seven, seven to eight guys with us all the time. So you probably want to download some hotel apps so you can get you free rooms for yourself because we share rooms a lot. And even though these are my brothers, you do want your personal time away from everybody. Excellent advice. That is very good. Now, your style of professional wrestling, especially there at Dwarf and Eaters, is one that can lead to the occasional injury. Uh, that's the nature of the business. No matter which style you have, you're eventually going to have yep. an injury or two. Yes, what sir. are some of the injuries that you have suffered so far in your career? Uh, fractured bones in both feet. Uh, bruised ribs, uh, a lacerated eyelid, chipped tooth, concussion. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, I, last month I was out for a month, like in March. In March, in the March, I was out all of April because in March I dislocated my knee, real bad. Uh, twisted ankles. Like I haven't had no breaks yet, or nothing. But, yeah, a whole lot of bumps and bruises and cuts and bleeding, bloody noses, all that, busted lips. Yeah, that's that's the normal. Oh, I I had a big gash in the top of my head, too. You said you were in the uh, medical field prior to getting into professional wrestling. Do you find that having that background has been helpful in professional wrestling, as you've gotten injured, you sort of know a little bit better of what the injury probably is and how to fix it a little faster? Yeah, because, like, we have had guys that have passed out, and with that, like, I know what to look for with, with some of my guys, like, what signs to look for before something even worse happens. And, You're like, I'm a, glad. Probably a guy in the locker room having that type of knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> I try to be. Of course, at some point in time, everyone's in-ring career will come to an end. That's just the nature of time and people's physical bodies. When you look way down the road, do you see a time when you're going to start promoting your own shows, perhaps? Honestly, I wouldn't want to have my own company, per se, like that. I have more of the dream of having my own gym to train the guys. Like oh, okay. that's 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 my ultimate goal is to have a wrestling gym to train these guys the correct way, to train the guys a safe way and to have like opportunities for kids in the inner city that like besides football and basketball and baseball, like there's a whole lot of kids like me. I, I like yes, I love those sports but I know I couldn't play them. But when I find out about this, this is an even playing field. So there are some guys that are just as athletic as these basketball players and football players, but they're not interested in that sport. They want to be wrestlers, and they don't have the opportunity to find a gym or the means to find a gym. So I want to be that outlet for them. At this point, have you ever 
trained anyone specifically for wrestling as their coach, or is that just down the road you want to be able to do that? Down the road, I won't be able to do that. Like, the only people I train now are, like, the newer guys that come into my company. Got it. One of the more important parts in professional wrestling is the role of the referee, and they can be instrumental in helping a bad match be a little bit better. They can take a good match and make it bad if they don't know what they're doing. They're pretty vital to the success or the failure of a show oftentimes, depending on how well they're trained, how much they know what to do when the time needs them to do something. Who are some of the better referees out there that you think deserve more credit? Uh, I don't know them by name, but I know there's some women referees that are coming up in WWE that I find absolute awesome. Like, they have everything, the ring awareness, they have the knowledge of moves and what to look for if something's go, you know, disarray. I I don't know the names per se, but look look for them on WWE and A&W, the women, the women referees. I'm loving them right now. Lots of great talent. I believe specifically you were referring to uh, referee Daphne, referee Jessica Carr, and referee Aubrey Edwards. Yes, sir. Now, with your schedule with Dwarfinators, uh, obviously you go around the country and hold these events. At your level in the company with what you do, do you do a lot of not necessarily the promotion end of it, but do they send you out to do like media events and hyping up the events and things of that nature as well? Uh, at the present moment, we don't, and that would be a good idea for us sometimes. But also, we 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 do everything within the company ourselves, like we'll put up the ring and set down the ring and merchandise. We do that. So we really wouldn't have the time to do it, but we should start doing it. Well, at this point, my co-host, Coach Mike Jones, is standing by, and I know Coach has questions to ask you, so I'm going to pass you right over to the coach with the most. Yes, sir. Hey, brother, thanks for coming on. How was your trip in Washington? It was awesome. Like, I love Washington State. Like, Washington is absolutely gorgeous. That's one of my favorite places to come to wrestle. Nice. Okay, so who were some of your heroes growing up? Whether it was wrestling, sports, music, or ordinary life, or all of the above. Like, and let's start off with wrestlers. Like, my favorite wrestler of all time is always going to be Sting. Like, Sting was like that guy for me when I was a kid. Then, like, Macho Man Randy Savage. I love Umaga. Umaga was an absolute favorite. And uh, Rakishi. Like, the Samoans and the Attitude Era, like, Song Code, that was my, those are my guys. Like I love, I love the I love the Annoy family, and the Fatus. Like that, those are awesome people. 
And, like, just as general sports, like, my favorite boxer was Muhammad Ali because of my dad. Uh, basketball player was uh, Michael Jordan. And uh, Randy Jackson from the Diamondbacks back in the day. He was my favorite pitcher for baseball. Okay, cool. And then did you play sports in high school or growing up? I played soccer and in in um middle school and high school, played baseball in elementary and I also played golf. I've been playing golf since I was seven. All right, nice. What's your best best game you've uh scored? Uh I haven't played in a few years, so I cannot remember. Okay. <laughs> like this wrestling this wrestling stuff been taking over been taking over my life, but I remember right. I came in when I, when I was like 13, I came in like third place in the competition. I didn't think okay, it, it was just more for fun for me. That's good. Nice. Yeah, I know. I've played in a few golf tournaments. I can't say I'm really good, but I know how to play. And yeah. every time every time I played, I, I was able to place ninth place and not take last place. So that was a huge goal for me. <laughs> Long as not last. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Okay, besides uh, pro wrestling, which is part of self-defense, what what else is your self-defense background? Uh, when I was probably from elementary to middle school, I was in judo. I was in judo. Okay. So I, I do have that under my belt. I got up to, I believe, brown. I got, All right, I got, nice. I got to brown. And then what different characters have you worked in wrestling? Um, my first, I remember my first actual character or my first persona was, was Shorty Man. And that didn't last for too long. And after that, it was, uh, Rasta Rue. Rasta Rue, I did that for about a good three years. Okay. And then, uh, who, who did you train with to, when you got started? It sounded like you got in there pretty pretty much right away, but who who have you trained with? Um, the guy that actually trained me is uh, is Mini Fusion, but he goes by Mini Abismo Negro now, and he works for MLW. Okay, nice. Yeah, I, then, I got trained by, by Mini Abismo Negro. Okay, and then what are some of the most memorable matches you've seen? Uh, talking about personally? Yeah. Like. Which, which it could I'm, be on TV also or a video. I, honestly, my most favorite match was this underground independent match with uh, one of the underground legends of uh, Bull Pearl. With, with the Bull. And and he and he did this, um, I think it was a chain match or it was a rope match where they, where, where they were both chained together with the arm, by one arm. And that match was just absolute brutal. Then I also seen a match with Chewy Martinez uh, with a death match. And I was like, that don't look fun. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. Now, uh, what about some of the most memorable matches you've been involved with? Oh, it was this one match in Detroit. And um, one of my teammates, it was his hometown. And it supposed to be a triple threat match. But me and my other partner, we decided to make it uh, a handicap match. And, and he didn't know it until we got in the ring. 
Oh man! And, and when he when he got announced, when he, when he got announced, he, he was just he looked at us like, "What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> wow! Was, and, and, and that was in, like in front of a crowd of like two thousand people, and it was so fun, so fun. Okay, so it turned out good then. Yes, sir. Okay, right on. All right, and then let me see. Who are some of your favorite people to work? Um, my favorite people to work. Let's see. Like my 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 guy Lumberjack. He was the first person I ever had my first match with. Lumberjack is a guy where we don't have to like in wrestling. People know this. If you're a real wrestler, like you say, you have certain words or certain phrases that you can say without being seen within the crowd. With him, yeah. I don't have to say nothing. <laughs> like nothing, nothing have to be said. Then I also love uh, wrestling my guy Abismo Negro, and I also love wrestling a uh, little Tucker. Okay, nice. And then so there's a there's probably a half dozen midget wrestling leagues out there. Now yes, I know that you're with the with the Dorfinators. Have you wrestled with the other leagues? No, sir. I, uh, since I came in, I've been with the Dorfinators. I have had, I have had other companies offer to uh, hire me to come over and things like that, but I'm comfortable here. I'm doing great, and I get everything I need and everything I want at this company at the present time. Well, that's nice, and what a blessing that they they must take good care of you. So that's nice to hear. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They really do. Like they came off they came my family. Like I like I moved from Mississippi uh, to. To Dallas, when we were based out of Dallas, then my boss moved us up to Oklahoma, and I've been with them ever since for the last five, six years. Okay, and then man, people people always say wrestling's fake with the list of injuries you've had and bumps and nicks and all that. It seems far from fake. You've had some pretty rough matches. It sounds like. Yes, I have. I have. And with this thing of being fake, because I had the conversation with people when they find out I'm a wrestler, it's not fake. It's a show. And I, yeah. I, I, I say more of choreographed. It's choreographed, it's choreographed athleticism where choreography can go wrong. Because when I guess I can throw a fake punch, but if a person turned their head the wrong way at the wrong time, that fake punch can really turn into a real punch and knock you out real quick. Definitely. And then, so, yeah. who, are some, who are some of the toughest wrestlers you faced? Oh, um, oh, I just, I just got to, um, like, I got to wrestle some of the legends. Like, really, I'm, I'm, let me say this: Luchadors, Luchadors okay. are some of the toughest SOBs. Out here, yes, definitely. <laughs> like I got trained by Luchador, I wrestled Luchadors for years, and I learned so much from them. But they are some of the toughest guys out here because the things they had me doing, the things they do, you have to be in top shape for that. For sure, you know, and especially it's like a different thing, you know, how it's like a national sport in their country, and it's like they yeah. A lot of those guys are, got it in their blood from an early age compared to them, us Americans, you know. <laughs> like us Americans, we can go train for six months to a year and go and go do a show. Before they do they before Luchadors even have their first match, they have to train for three years. Like like they have a whole system down there that is 
very intricate, very tight lip, and like it's it's awesome. Like they take it very very serious, super serious. Like definitely like Americans with basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, this next segment is called favorites. I'm yes, sure sign guy. Sign guy and the rest of the fans would like to know what your favorite coffee to drink is. I'm not a coffee drinker, honestly. Okay. (laughs) I'd rather go to hot chocolate. Okay. I like hot chocolate. Okay. And then what's your favorite concert you've seen? Favorite concert. Favorite concert I've been to was... Was when I was in high school. When I went to see a Lil Wayne concert. Lil Wayne was that was freaking awesome. Okay, and then what about your favorite sports teams? My favorite sports teams, basketball is the Lakers. Football is uh, New Orleans Saints, and baseball is Atlanta Braves. Okay, nice. And then what what suggestions do you have for people wanting to get into the business? Train. Like, get your first off, get your cardio up. If you really want to truly do this, there are wrestling companies, independent companies all over the nation. And it's not, and they're not hard to find at all. But before you even want to step in the ring and decide to do it, you need to get your cardio up. Cardio is so important with this sport. Like, the athleticism and, and the flipping and all the other stuff, that will come along later down the road. But if you cannot be moving for 20 minutes straight at a time, you are not going to make it in this business. Not at all. So cardio, eat a balanced diet, and make sure that you're, you know, that you're mentally prepared for what you're going to do. Because this is strenuous on the body and also strenuous on the mind. Yeah, for sure. You know, and they say like some people, they get blown up just on the way to the ring, you know, and, that's reality. Yes, once you're blo- once you're blown up in there, it's a whole different game. <laughs> yes, because I I'm not, like I've been doing this for five years, and I believe I have S in the cardio. But we went up in the mountains the other day with the high altitude, oh, and I got wind. <laughs> that's a whole new ball game too. Yeah. Yes, because cause we go up in cause we go up in the mountains. We got shows high up in the altitude, and you can really tell. Like, cause I had a match with a guy. Probably like two days before that, me and him had this match all the time, and I was good. Two days later, we had the same match. I was blown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. And that's that's different on your on your mental. You know, you're like, what's going yeah. on here? <laughs> like, like, like I, I know what to do. Like we've been through this a thousand times. Why am I tired? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I'm, yeah. it's not, we're not even five minutes in the match, but the altitude, the thin air, it will get you. Like if you're not meant to prepare for this, and like you have to have like, like your physical body, just has to be as strong as your mental capacity, because things will get to you. Because things will people, the uh, things people say in the crowd will 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 will, 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 will mess with you. Yeah, definitely. And then, uh, what schools would you suggest for people? I honestly I don't know no schools because I didn't go to a school myself. I got I was uh trained on site. I was trained on site, but if all you have to do is Google is a great tool. Google is a great tool. Just look up wrestling institutions or wrestling uh groups in your state or in your in your city, and you will definitely find one. Like I couldn't tell you the, at the present moment 
because I I was introduced through somebody else. So I didn't go through a school. Okay. And then who are some of the best wrestlers you've been in the ring with or on shows with? Uh, once again, Abizo Negro, Lumberjack, Little Tucker, uh, Heavy Metal Mario. Was a, I love wrestling Heavy, heavy Metal Mario. He's awesome. And uh and the luchadors like uh Durango Cito, uh Tomwell and uh and Spectro. Like all them guys are freaking awesome. I love wrestling them. Okay, and then who are some up and comers that people should keep an eye on? Uh right now yeah. I can say this 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 is one guy named uh I think it's, I think his name Little Hopper. Little Hopper from Dorfinators. Like, because we have two teams going on on the same company. And he's on the other team. But Little Hopper, um, Tucker is a real good. Is, he, he's, he, he came in probably like three years ago. But he's still, like, he's he's going up there real quick. And um, and and my guy, Tom Well. Like, he's, he's already big in uh, Mexico. But he's going to make his name in America, too. Oh, okay. Microman. We got we got a little oh. named Microman. He's like two and a half feet tall. That guy is sick. <laughs> My goodness. Okay, wow. That's one of our uh, biggest inputs from the fans and feedback. They love to hear all these new names to check out. So thank you for yes, that. Sir. Yes, sir. And then hey, what do you what do you got coming up, brother? Oh, uh, honestly, I have a show today, and I believe I'm off for a week, but. We have a whole bunch of shows after next week. Uh, we're going back down to, uh, I think, Texas. Uh, we're going down to Texas. We got a show in Omaha, and um, and my I believe my boss is planning some more over overseas trips. Okay, that sounds fun. And then, uh, yeah. so what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do on your week off? Oh, I'm just, I'm I'm gonna uh, relax in Oklahoma. Was my medical card? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. We understand that here. Yes. Yeah. And then how do pe- how do people get a hold of you, brother? Uh, you can go to my Instagram page. It is mob underscore nice guy eighty nine. Okay. Nice. And then yeah. I'm sure mob so- underscore nice eighty nine. Man, I, I appreciate your time and you coming on, and and uh, I wish you all the luck in the world, and I'm sure Sign Guy has some more. Thanks so much. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. Well, Mr. Nice Guy, we know in our business, oftentimes not everyone is a nice guy. There's a lot of seedy people that hit that ring and do dastardly things to other people within it. Who would you say is the most polar opposite of a nice guy that you have ever faced? Uh, that would be my rival, Boombox. <laughs> my rival, Boombox. Like, he's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but he's dirty. Boombox, look out for Boombox. Boombox, like, that's my guy. He's a great wrestler. He's a superstar. But his head is too big for his britches. One of the things that wrestlers in today's world use to make a lot of money 
in the sport is merchandise. A lot of wrestlers actually make the bulk of their money with merchandise, and they use their wrestling bookings as a way of promoting their merchandise more than actually making money with the actual wrestling bookings. Do you have a lot of merchandise, whether it's on your own or through the Dwarfinator's company? Yes, sir. I, uh, I, I, I sell out real quick with my merchandise. Right now, I have a T-shirt with a Mr. Nice Guy on it with uh, Bart Simpson. I used to have shades and uh, other things, but they sell out so quick and so hard, like find a good person to make them for the right price. But right now, I'm going through Dwarfinators, and, and I have my own shirts. But I do make a good, nice little chunk of change off of it. <laughs> do you remember the first time that you were at a show and you saw someone buy one of your T-shirts and wear it in the crowd? Yes, I do. Like, it was just, it was, like, surreal. Like, from, from where I'm coming from, like, to get that type of recognition, to have your name on something, something that belongs to you and somebody else wants it and, like, are excited to have it, like, that means a lot. But I can, I can give you a story of where one day we was in the middle of nowhere, honestly, the middle of nowhere, probably like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, and uh, I get off the bus, and I'm, I look across at the gas pumps, and I'm like, I see something. I'm like, that that can't be my shirt. There's no way in the world that's my shirt. Then, then uh, actually one of my teammates, Lil Tucker, he walked over there and like, yeah, bro, that's your shirt. And it was like, we haven't had a show in like four days. We're in the middle of nowhere at a gas station, like, in the middle of the night, and this little kid had a nice guy shirt on. And he didn't, and honestly, he didn't even go to the show. Someone bought him that shirt because he, he wasn't able to, because he wasn't able to go. And he was so excited to see me, and that meant the most to me in the world. Like, this kid was excited to see me because I was on his shirt. <laughs> That's a great story. We talked earlier in the show how you eventually want to open up your own training school for pro wrestling. A lot of wrestlers get into the business and they have set goals they want to accomplish in the ring, whether it's wrestling in a certain area or holding some sort of championship or getting on a pay-per-view, whatever the case may be. Do you have any set goals that you made for yourself that you still have yet to accomplish? Uh, I want, like, not as much as a long-time career in, like, in in, in the big leagues, like AEW and MLW and Ring of Honor, but as much as, like, I've been there and I wrestled there. That's one of my goals. Say that I was one of those. One of those guys, like, I was a WWE wrestler. I was an AEW wrestler. Like, that's one of my goals. And if I if I can make it, like, a long-lasting career out of it, that's awesome. But right now, like, that's my short-term goal. <laughs> when you look at the television product right now, there is a lot of pro wrestling at the national level you have. 
Uh, Impact right. Wrestling over on Access TV. New Japan airs on Access TV. AEW is on TNT and TBS. WWE is on the USA Network and Fox TV. You have WOW Women of Wrestling on CW and CBS affiliates. Do you think that the time might be coming quickly when it would be the right time to have a company like Dwarfinators on national television? Do you think the marketplace would support something like that? Yes. Yes, honestly, I do. Because, like, there are, like, I I'm, I can say this. With the with the show on TLC back in the day, uh, Little People, Big World, that opened the door for people to be interested in little people in our everyday lives and our thoughts and what we do. And with with all the other reality shows that are based around little people, like this time to have something based around that like with little people who are in athletics. So it would be like like it would be an awesome time right now to to get into that, like show another aspect of wrestling. Historically speaking, when wrestling was still sort of in a territorial stage. A lot of times the midget wrestlers were seen as a niche product and there would be maybe one match on a show for midget wrestlers. It was oftentimes done as a comedy match. Uh, They seldom would do serious straight-ahead wrestling with the midgets. Uh, Certainly you didn't see a lot of the brawling and fighting like you would see at Dwarfinator's. Things have evolved for the midget wrestling since then. As Coach was saying, there's several promotions now. They have all the styles of wrestling at these levels. What do you think the status is in the fans as a whole with midget wrestling? Do you think that midget wrestling is far above what it was in the territorial days, or do you think that there was more money in it, more prestige in it back then? How do you think things have changed for the genre? I honestly think we have surely surpassed what they were doing back in the day. Because now it's the exact opposite. You, you, you see more actual wrestling than little gimmicks of trying to be funny and little skits and like that. It, like especially in especially in my industry with uh with midget wrestling, like you you'll still see the comedy in it, but you'll see a whole lot more athleticism, a whole lot more real wrestling than just you know trying to make somebody laugh. Because we have came past those issues with with uh with certain groups like the LPA, Little People of America, where they find us as like a side show or something to be laughed at and we're like we're like no we are serious about our careers we are serious about our job and we're and we, and we plan on showing people that just because i'm shorter than you don't mean i can't do what you do and it's not like i'm wrestling another like i'm like i'm wrestling a tall person just for a joke no in my line of work it's an even playing field it's an even playing field. The guys are my height, and the moves that I do, tall dudes 
some tall guys, tall refs, they also do it too. But it's more impressive because I'm little. So I'm so I'm glad it came it came a long way from just being like the little side show or the little you know gimmick whatever to an actual serious you know competition for us. Women's wrestling also has been evolving in the last few years. They used to be much like the midget wrestlers in the territorial days, sort of. The one match on the show, they would have very little time. They often also do the standard spots. They didn't really deviate from a lot of the standard so-called women's spots. But now we have all women's promotions on national television. We have women main eventing WrestleMania, and no one bats an eye at it. Do you think that overall we'll see midget wrestling reach that level where the women are at, or do you think that it's still a progression to get to where they are? Uh, I believe that we'll get to the level. It might take a little bit more time, but I believe we'll get to the level. We just have to get we have to get people who are into WWE and all that to get that hornswoggle. Idea out their head. So most, so most people who haven't been to a, a Miss Wrestling show, the first when they hear Miss Wrestling, the first person they think of is Hornswoggle, and we need them more to think of El Torito. <laughs> so once we get the masses to to get over Hornswoggle and go more to El Torito, we, I believe we'll be, you know, just just like the women, because I know I know a whole bunch of guys, a whole bunch of little people that can do it. Anything and everything the average high people can do. Most definitely that's very true. I spoke earlier of having issues with cardio when you're up in the mountains and so forth. Obviously, cardio is very important in professional wrestling. One of the things that is popular in wrestling is wearing a mask and that can also affect cardio and make things harder. It affects the vision. There's a lot of things that masks can do to help and also hurt a wrestler at the same yeah. time. Have you worn masks very often in your career? I have worn I have worn masks a few times in my career. And honestly you're right. Um my last mask I had the, the last mask I had is uh, I had a gimmick. I wanted to be like a combination of Black Panther and Killmonger from the Black Panther movie. And the guy who and made the mask, he had to add on, uh, got to add uh, air holes by the mouthpiece. Yeah, first time I wore that out, I felt like I was suffocating because close to getting water, waterboarded from the sweat. <laughs> we were close to getting waterboarded from the sweat. Yeah, but also I had masks that I could breathe out of. They were perfectly fine. But the vision, that also, you know, that can be compared, you know, compromised. But also with masks, like, you could talk. You could you could talk with a mask. Like, you could talk at your matches and nobody know what's going on. Like, you could fully say what you will need to do. So, like, like, like I said, there are just ups and downs with masks. Uh, for 
your own career, obviously wrestling gear is going to be important to any wrestler. Do you have someone that makes gear for you, or does Dwarfinators have people in-house that make gear for everybody? Uh, I go through my uh, the guy that trained me, uh, uh, Abuso Negro. Like, who, who, the, I go through his guy down in Mexico. So I actually get my actual gear uh, made in Mexico and shipped up to me. Very nice. Well, we're down to the last few minutes of the show, and I want to make sure you have plenty of time. If there's anything you want to say to the listeners today, if you want to plug and promote anything at all, upcoming shows, merchandise, social medias, your favorite burger place, anything at all, floor is yours. If you're in Wichita, Kansas, if you need a haircut, need your hair done, go to Salad Beauty Salon in Wichita, Kansas. Also, if you want to come see the shows, go to Dwarfinators.com or Dwarfinators uh, Extreme Wrestling on uh, Facebook. And and you can find the events, you can find tickets, tour dates and all. And also, if you want to follow me on Instagram, just go to MOB underscore NiceGuy89. Like... So, like, that's shout out to all my guys uh, on my team, and thank you for the opportunity for having me on the show, sir. Our pleasure to have you, and we want to wish you the best of luck. Hopefully, we will get to see you up here again in our neck of the woods at some point very soon. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, brother. All right. All right. Y'all have a great day. Uh, Dwarfinators, check out Mr. Nice Guy if they are in a town near you. Great, great company. I think you'll enjoy them if you give them a shot. A lot of fans up here in the Pacific Northwest were raving about the shows last time, so check them out. Coach, I'm sure you have some plugs and promotions to do. I do. I have. I want to mention my my other fantasy baseball team. I have Graham Ashcraft on there. He's having a good year so far, but he got bombed today. I think he got a minus 16 score. But I picked up uh, Kikuchi for Toronto, and he's having a good day, and he, he scored 16 points. So that evened out. But also, you guys can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, a coach with the most. Coach Mike Jones on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Real School Army and the NGW Green Room for hundreds of interviews from celebrities all over the world. And you and I are currently in a in a fantasy baseball league, and my goodness, your team's sort of struggling there, Sign. Well, it happens. It's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> it is, I know. So we're hoping you can pick up some good guys and turn it around. It happens in baseball. All right. Thank you guys so much for, for joining us, for all your feedback, input, support. We're so grateful. Thank you so much. And also the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast every Saturday at noon Pacific. Absolutely. Fans, we'll be back with you next week. You can find me on the Book of Faces, the Twitter, the YouTubes, the Gram, Chicken Bob available on all of those as well. Episode 579 of the sign of the time should be up within the next three hours and 54 minutes. 
check back for that on the YouTubes. If you have a few extra dollars, stomping Steve's foot went right through his television screen last night. I'm pretty sure he might need some dollars sent to him in the PayPal to buy a new television set. So look into that. We'll be back with you next week. Next Friday, we got Jarvis Young coming back to the show. Always a pleasure to have him on Friday. And then a week from today, the brother of Termical Turmoil Hall of Fame member Kevin Sullivan will be joining us. Dave Sullivan coming to the program for the first time. Fans up here in our area will remember him as the Equalizer, but whichever name you recall him best, he is joining us. So make plans to be with us. Everybody stay safe out there. And we will talk to you. Yeah, Coach. Sorry to bother interrupt you, but I did want to mention the Mariners have had a historic night last night against the Houston Astros. We set a record scoring seven runs with two outs last night to beat the Astros. And today we're now winning two to nothing at T-Mobile Park with our star rookie Bryce Miller on the mound going against the world champion Astros. And he's looking great for his second straight game. So keep your eye on Bryce Miller. And then don't forget we got the Kraken at Climate Pledge Arena tonight hosting the Dallas Stars in the playoff, the second round, and we're tied up one-to-one, and we're hoping we can win the next two games and take the lead in the hockey uh, playoffs. So thanks for everybody for everything. Absolutely. Go cracking. So we will talk to you soon. Everybody stay safe out there, and go Reds.